0: how are we welcome to another episode of the podcast I have a funny feeling that this is going to be one of my most referred or sent out podcasts that I'm going to do this year let's say let's say this year so no pressure better make it good today I want to talk about holidays vacations vacays holly bobs. I actually hate that I don't know whether I hate the word holly bobs uh, bloke or Fabby more. Anyway, today I'm going to talk about holidays. Um, I want this to be your one-stop shop for everything that you need both before, during, and the preparation for afterwards. So wherever you're going, if you're jetting off in the sun, if you are going on a city break, or you're going skiing, I'm recording this in March and people are still going skiing. So if I do talk about that and you're like, why the hell is she going on about that? It's July. This was recorded in March. So Welcome to another episode of podcast about holidays. First, let's hear from our sponsor, Muse Activewear. Today's podcast is sponsored by Muse Activewear. If you've been following absolutely any of my social media content of late, you'll have seen I've fallen hook, line, and sinker for this brand. Muse Active Wear provides the highest quality athleisure wear for the ambitious, inspired female. Whether you're hitting the gym, dressing up to meet the girls for lunch, or simply want to feel amazing while well, we spend that little bit more time at home at the moment, there's something in the range you will absolutely love. I've literally lived in Muse since I first came across the brand. Everything's designed in the most gorgeous, muted colour palette, the detailing's really simple and elegant, and I can absolutely confirm that it's both as buttery soft as it looks and can testify it's completely squat-proof. The chance to get involved with Muse was a no-brainer for me, and the fact that they're doing great things all from their Glasgow base was the absolute cherry on top. You can currently get ten percent off your Muse order via the link in my Instagram bio, and absolutely any questions you may have about any of the products or sizing, etc., I'd be more than happy to answer. Thank you, Muse, as ever, for sponsoring the podcast. A couple of things before I start: there is a man outside with a guitar playing a very, very loud rendition of Despacito. So apologies if you can hear that. I've also, I turned the air con off. I've been in Mexico now for three weeks and only a few days ago, learned how to turn my air con onto cooling. For the last three weeks, I've just been sweating as it's just been recirculating hot air. There is a specific cooling button, which I've just found. So on that note, find that. That's the first thing that you should do when you go on holiday find out how to turn your aircon on to, and to actually make it effective but anyway let's talk about this um this is my last podcast that i'll probably record in mexico unless i seriously pull my finger out next week but this will be the last one from sunny playa i've very very much enjoyed the time here it's been amazing i did find a margarita I did enjoy it a lot. It was incredible. I foresee this to be to be quite a problem upon my return home. Uh, Tequila is the one, but everything in moderation, as they as they say. No, I have really really enjoyed my time here. It has really opened my eyes, actually, to the possibility of picking up a routine and and moving it elsewhere, and how feasible that can be actually there are some practices that I really want to I really want to bring home. I think we we did this a lot during COVID or after COVID, didn't we? Like there's some really good things that we want to keep in place, want to keep walking all the time, want to keep you know spending more time away from our phone and doing all that. And it's all really, really great. But genuinely there are some practices that I really want to kind of harness and and bring home at the moment. I should listen to this myself, shouldn't I to keep myself accountable? One of the things is kind of real spells of focused work. So real spells of saying, like, I'm going to sit here, I'm going to do this for a couple of, you know, a couple of hours, really have a concise to-do list of things that are going to be meaningful meaningful for me to actually do. And actually, in converse to that, times of total detachment, like going away, going to the beach, walking, like having half an hour just away from cold, dark rooms getting a little bit of fresh air and really bringing that back into into productive productive and useful useful times, really. There are some practices that I really, really want to bring home. And I think we were really good at saying this post-COVID, weren't we? We were really good at saying, yeah, I'm going to walk all the time now. I'm going to spend time away from my phone. I'm going to do all these home workouts, blah, 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 blah. And it never really transpired into anything I hope and maybe I'll use this podcast as my own form of accountability but I hope there are things that I can take from my time here and bring them home and make them work for me in the the quote-unquote real life the one that is jumping out to me hugely is this idea of real spells of focused work versus total total detachment. So my phone hasn't worked here unless I've been on Wi-Fi, which means that there are spells of the day where I just do not have access to real life. And actually what that's done as a consequence is made real times of focus and being like, this is your to-do list. These are the things that are gonna have great impact. You're gonna sit down for a couple of hours, bash them out, then totally detach, go to the beach, go and have half an hour in the sun, go and get a drink and sit and, you know, just people watch and do actual detachment. Because what I found that that's really, really helped is, has been productivity. So being able to turn on and off really, really distinct times of being on and off and being like, right, now I'm in this cold, dark, air con, Wi-Fi space, I'm going to work versus actually do you know what now I'm gonna go and get some lunch I'm gonna just process what's just happened I'm gonna think about what I'm gonna do next I'm gonna be strategic about that like actually that has really 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 helped I just went for a place for breakfast that didn't allow laptops so the actual cafe restaurant kind of is actually vegan how unlike me is that I won't be bringing that home I will say but it was vegan and they don't allow laptops in their in the restaurant it has a thing on the table and it's like this is a no work zone you basically you have to sit there and you have to soak in the environment which is incredible it's this cafe built in a in a kind of jungly type they've got chilled music they've just got like lots of like poofy things sitting around and you just sit and you chill and you enjoy the quiet and you just enjoy the kind of chilled vibe and it did vibe <laughs> Oh, God. No, but I really, really did uh, enjoy it. And other things as well, like training in different environments, training at different times of the day, being more flexible around that, adapting my eating pattern. That has flipped on its head completely to how I normally eat at home. And it's been amazing. You eat differently in different temperatures as well, as an observation. I'd find it much easier to be healthier here than I would do at home, but that's maybe just by the by. And actually, I'll go into this in a little bit uh, into this podcast. But actually, that's enough for me. Right, let's go on to let's go into holidays. And this has been flagged up. I've had the same conversation a couple of times in the last week with clients being being away, and whether that be city breaks, whether it be sun holidays, whether it be skiing they've been kind of similar, similar principles, actually. So I wanted to put this all together in a very, very accessible place and hopefully expand on some of these ideas to really open your eyes to what it really means to go away and have a proper break. And what was really interesting to me was what clients were saying upon their return. So I think I had four in the span of check-ins over a week, whereby clients were saying things like they were incredibly happy. To be home they really really enjoyed their trip they felt incredible when they were away but equally they were really really happy to be home that they actually felt better about themselves upon their return which i wasn't expecting if i'm really really honest i wasn't expecting a client who'd been away for either a long weekend in italy or a week in the sun in sri lanka to come home and say i feel better about my body after that break than I did before I went. How, how amazing is that? And I'll talk about why I think that might be the case further further into this. But I've essentially broken it down into preparation before your break, my advice during your time away, and then potentially some practical advice for, for afterwards as well, as well as what my perfect scenario would be for you as as an individual. Okay, so let's talk about beforehand. So how I feel the best kind of practices you can employ before going away on on your trip and I think like anything the preparation before is really dependent on where your starting point is like anything and like any of the clients who work with me will be familiar with is I'm a massive fan of reverse engineering so by that in it's very very simple terms is to take the end point and work our way back from there. So if you have a holiday at the booked for the end of August, let's just say, I would be marking that into the calendar now. And I would be looking at okay, well, what are we starting with? What do we want the finish point to be? And how much time do we have in between? And that really allows both of us to break down the the kind of the goal into man, manageable chunks and see what we actually can do. Within the time frame, and that affords you a lot of choices. Actually, it gives you the opportunity to look at it and say, "Well, do you know what? I've got say four months. Do I want to go hell for leather into this? Do I want a more slow and steady approach? How does this coincide with my family commitments, my work commitments? How much time do I have to dedicate to this? Like the knowing what the end goal is dictates." the practices that we put in place in order to get there and it also can manage a lot of expectations as well like if I'm completely honest if someone turned around to me and said Caroline I've got a holiday booked in eight weeks and I want to lose a stone okay we need to be realistic about what that looks like or we need to be realistic about how much time and effort and willingness you have to put into that I'll push you like 100% I'll push you but equally I'm not going to do anything that's detrimental to your health so sometimes it is actually a case of uh, management of expectations which is um, which is not to put a downer on anyone's enthusiasm at all it's just to know what you can realistically do in the time frame which leads me on very nicely to give yourself enough time like if you realistically want to to drop a stone how much time do you need to do that if you have a bigger goal than that okay well we might need to be thinking slightly slightly longer time but whatever that is give yourself enough time to do it and if i'm completely honest ideally and clients who work with me already this is more applicable to you ideally we wouldn't be doing things that are a million miles away from what you're currently doing with nutrition activity and training i would ideally just like to progressively overload what you're already doing by that i mean make things maybe, you know, progress things slightly, make it slightly more intense, add in a little bit here, drop calories just a little bit there, tweak what is already in place. For that, it would be great if you already had great practices. And if you've been working with me for a while, you will already be doing that. But when I mean progressive overloading, I mean, if you're already training... Three, four times per week, it's not a massive, massive ask for me to maybe add in an extra session. If you're already consistently hitting 1800 calories and you're doing that very, very comfortably, it's not a huge ask for me to drop that down by 100, 150. If you are already hitting 10,000 steps comfortably during the day, maybe nudging that up to 12,000. If you're hitting 10,000, oh, set I totally lost my train of thought. Me nudging that up to 12,000 isn't going to be an absolute, absolute ridiculous ask. This is what I mean. Like, if we already have a solid foundation in place, adding to that is not going to be completely arduous. So, if you're even thinking about going away this year and we're not working together, I would be suggesting to you, even if you've not already got something booked, get some great structure in terms of your week now you probably want to do that anyway even if you're not going away but get some great structure into your week because what it affords you the ability to do is then add into that it's a hell of a lot easier to be doing five sessions in the gym per week if you're already doing four like I'm just I'm just adding if you're not doing anything that's a big 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 ask and what do I always want to be avoiding is these massive overhauls into people's lives so I would be looking to just add to what is already there. So one of the reasons that I would particularly want to be mindful about dieting a client down for holiday with a slightly more gradual approach than they're possibly used to, and you might be able to relate to this. I know I certainly can. Have you ever thought, oh my goodness, right? I'm going away on holiday in six weeks. I'm going to absolutely blast this. Like you go hell for leather on the cardio. You don't eat anything. You're feeling like super, super, super lean before you go. You've got your bikini on. And then say maybe you get on that holiday and day one, day two, a mixture of things like the flight itself, new foods, new eating pattern, the fact that you're probably moving less because you were doing two hours of cardio before you, before you left. The minute that you eat something like a, a carbohydrate, you get really, really uncomfortably bloated. You get really, really kind of, oh, you don't feel that great. You definitely don't feel that sexy. You were nice and lean for day one, day two, but after that, things are kind of catching up and you're just not feeling your best self. I can absolutely relate to that. And sometimes it can feel as though putting in all that work, all that graft was great, but it only really lasted for for day one and day two. And that's something that I would kind of like to avoid with, with clients. It's almost like going kind of like full speed ahead into something and then having to do an almost handbrake turn and it's almost the reverse out of it. I think the slower and steadier that you can go into it, the less extreme that U-turn is. And I would be really, really, really mindful about it. Only because I've had that whereby you get there and you feel a little bit disappointed halfway through your holiday because your quote unquote bikini body was a bit, it didn't really last. So that can be remedied with better... Anxiety behaviors going into the holiday, as well as choices during it, as well. Talk about that in a second. And you know, what I'm I'm not saying don't switch things up. I'm not saying don't do a little bit of a tidy up in time for your holiday. You know, we might add in a little bit extra cardio. We might switch up your training to be more in line with these goals. We might adjust calories. But what I am saying is potentially think about not starving yourself in the lead up to that, because like anything, as soon as you go in and eat normal food, and let's face it, you're probably likely on holiday to overindulge a little bit anyway, and the minute you do that, the repercussions are going to be worse than potentially the starting point, so I am saying, you know, work hard in the, in the lead up to your holiday, for sure, like, it's an incredibly motivational thing, but be mindful about how you do it, and if you're not sure about it, definitely, definitely have someone to oversee what you're doing to avoid the, the fallout, basically, so let's move on to what to do during your break and a client's comment to me in her last check-in which I'm just gonna pull it up and read it was this and this really really hit home for me this is the first holiday I've had in my adult life where I've not felt the need to eat stuff just quote-unquote because I'm on holiday I've also not felt in any way guilty when I've come back and this really was a green flag for me so green flags being the exact opposite of a red flag it was a real moment of non-scale weight victory a real change in attitude to food a real progression in relationship with food an acceptance of you know food will always be there and the whole point of you going away is to enjoy yourself I want to be crystal, crystal, crystal clear on that. I'm not coming into this with a naive personal trainer's approach of, you know, you must be committed 365 days of the week. You're like, holiday is not a holiday. I want you to stay on track. I want you using my fitness pal in your way. Like that is bullshit. The whole point of you going away is that you are creating memories. You're having a break. Memories over macros, like all of that. I'm a massive fan of this. I absolutely am. But do you know what I'm also a massive fan of? I'm a huge fan of you building trust with yourself, of you being confident in your body, of you being confident in your decision making around food and having a good relationship with food. I'd be a massive fan of you saying yes to new experiences, but also saying yes to things that make you happy. And I can tell you right now, from a coaching perspective, I have never, ever worked with a client who has successfully made positive changes to their lifestyle so by I mean successful changes these are like things that have stood the test of time habits that have lasted them that they've actually managed to implement so they become lifestyle changes I've never worked with a client who's learned to fuel their body who's learned to challenge themselves physically and mentally who's become more productive who's become happier And who's decided that, no, actually, that's not for them, that they liked having lower energy, that they liked having poor output, that they enjoyed being an unhappy, happy version of themselves. That doesn't happen. Once people make a switch and they make a change and they successfully do it. And like I say, I'm defining success by making changes. But actually, those changes have actually stuck like they've moved the bar and the bar stayed there. These have become, and it's so cliche, but they've become lifestyle changes. They've become just just part of what they do now. I have never worked with a client who's achieved that and then decided, (laughs) actually, no, I'd rather be unhappy. It's just not something that I've come across. And what I think going away and having this, excuse my turn of phrase, fuck it approach to food It feeds into that previous lifestyle that someone had. And that's where I feel that unhealthy relationship can come back in. And I totally get that people get excited about food. They get excited about going away. They get excited about all you can eat, buffets, all-inclusives, et cetera. But have you ever done one of these all-inclusive type things? And you actually probably only overeat for a day or two because it becomes the novelty wears off. And actually that feeling, that lethargic feeling, that feeling of being too full too often of the sugar rush and the crash, like if you've not been used to that, it doesn't feel that great. And I bet it probably reminds you of a time before when you had less energy and you didn't feel that great about yourself. And when I work with people for longer periods of time, that's not necessarily a time in their life that they felt great about and that they want to return to. I don't think there's anything negative in that. I think it's that you have worked hard to where you to get to where you are and you're happy to and you want to maintain those great practices. So I don't personally think that going away and, like I say, pressing the fuck it button and doing that for days and days and days, weeks even if you're away for a longer trip, actually makes anyone feel that great. I'm going to hazard a guess that it, that it doesn't okay so yeah I would be trying to find that elusive balance I think there's very very practical things that you can do in order to to help that and I've done two podcasts two other podcasts actually that might be worth listening to there's one called why your trip doesn't have to ruin your progress and in that one I argue the complete opposite that actually I think going away can help longer term progress and there's another one called how to go out for dinner and stay on track I think both of these would be worth after this going back and listening to because there are some uh, kind of key points but practical things that I would be employing might be things like maybe you have lighter meals during the day because you know you want to enjoy a bigger evening meal with your partner with your family with your friends maybe that's maybe that's going to happen anyway like you're going to go out for dinner you're going to enjoy a few drinks so in order to find a little bit more balance within the day maybe you have a lighter breakfast and a and a lighter lunch or maybe you have something you move something in the middle and you have like a like a brunchy type meal an afternoon snack and then you know you're going to go out and have that evening meal that evening meal is going to happen anyway those drinks are going to happen anyway but what you do in the run-up to that is maybe a little bit more within your control so that's something to consider and maybe you mimic some food patterns from home so for instance if you're someone who has like I don't know you have oats for breakfast with some fruit right okay well maybe you don't have oats in a hot climate but maybe you have a kind of a similar breakfast to something that you would have at home yogurt and fruit or something and then you have a a lunch that would be similar to your your eating pattern at home, maybe you just have a slightly smaller version, but you mimic structures that work well for you in your quote unquote day to day life, and that would be a, a helpful intervention into into your break maybe you only drink alcohol past a certain time so maybe again like the alcohol is going to happen the drinks are going to happen but maybe you say to yourself do you know what i'm going to have my first one but i'm not going to have it till 6 p.m you push that drinking window a little bit later into the day i've had this conversation with clients a few times actually recently and this was an observation that i had since i've been out here and you have to you can't drink for the tap so i drink like an absolute fish like easy four to five liters a day without question and I get that that's quite a lot but genuinely I just get quite, quite thirsty the problem lies is when you drink alcohol as quickly as you drink water and I really noticed that the other day I absolutely sank a drink because I was thirsty and thought mm, that wasn't great and actually slowing down drinking if you do nothing else but you slow down your pace of drinking alcohol specifically you'll probably find you drink a significant amount less and even better than that. And I know this is a total like mum's piece of advice, old wives tale, drink soft drinks in between, whether it be water, whether it be Diet Coke, whether it be whatever it is, drink something soft in between your alcoholic drinks. And I can, like I say, even if you do nothing else, but that slows down the process, you will drink less. Also put it outside of your, I've just done it with the water, put your drink outside of your immediate reach. Sometimes I'm just drinking for like habit, for something to do with my hands. And that's a dangerous trap to fall into as well. So slow it down, put it outside your your immediate reach. Other things as well, more to do with movement is if you're someone who maybe does cardio at home, you've got quite an active lifestyle, go for a walk in the morning. Get up when it's cooler. I have loved, I'm really, really, really going to miss this. The activity in the morning here is incredible, and by that I mean like before seven a.m. Everyone, everyone, people are out with their dogs because it gets too hot during the afternoon. So they obviously take their dogs out in the morning, and, and the beach is busy. People are up about. Some people are exercising. Some people are getting coffee. People are going to work. Like before it gets like it is. I love it. I absolutely love it. Whereas at home, I would feel like if I got out and did, you just wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it at home. And get out and go walking in the morning it really really sets the tone and maybe you don't want to do specific exercise in a gym that's absolutely fine I totally get why if you're only away for a week a week you might not want to spend time in an air-conditioned gym equally you might really really want to I've noticed and I've moved my training see that kind of dead time particularly if you're on holiday this happens as well you know that dead time between like 4 p.m and dinner maybe you want to go to the gym and move your body that might be a great time to do that. But equally, maybe you don't want to. Why not try other activities that are more in line with where you are when you're on your break? I went snorkeling the other day and holy hell, I was absolutely starving after it. I didn't realize quite how much activity or expenditure. I was like, or how long I was doing it for because it was fun and because it was out with the norm and because it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go and do like a 45 minute workout. It was like, oh, I've just been in the water for an hour and a half and I didn't even realize I was absolutely starving after it. So do something else. Um, And maybe if it's a break that's slightly shorter, so say you're away for a long weekend, whatever it may be, maybe you choose a meal or two that you're really, really, really going to enjoy. So say, for instance, if I have been skiing, one of my favorite things to do when I go away like that is to go for fondue. So whether it be like cheese, whether it be like I just I really, really enjoy fondue. Would it be a good idea to have that every night of the week of a break? Probably not for my arteries more than anything else. But I really enjoy having that one meal to focus on and be like, I am hella going to enjoy that at the end of the week. And it might impact your decision making in the lead up to it so maybe i'm going to have a few healthier dinners beforehand so that i can really really enjoy that gooey cheese melted goodness like you know you only live once um, and the other thing that i'd be doing during your trip is using it as a, ch- as a chance to get to know your body so really really listening to your hunger hunger signals like have they changed A client just told me that she'd been away skiing and she was really, really intrigued by the fact that she wasn't as hungry during that trip as she would have been at home. And we kind of looked into it a little bit more and she was talking about how actually her training had gotten her fitness and her strength up to a point where the actual skiing itself, even the the harder runs, weren't as intense as she would have otherwise experienced in a resistance session in the gym. So her actual expenditure was lower. It didn't feel as arduous. And as a consequence, her hunger levels weren't driven up quite as high as they had been on other trips or quite as high as they would be at home after, say, a heavy leg day. So I would be using trips away as an, ex- not an excuse, but an opportunity to learn more about how your body basically yeah how your hunger signals are how your body responds to being in a different environment around different foods and I've personally noticed that mine have changed massively since I've been in warmer conditions a warmer climate I want different foods I crave different things I want to stay hydrated the time of day that I feel hungry or that I've lower have dips in energy is different to in the UK And I would really, really be mindful of that as you, when you're away. And like I say, use it as that opportunity. We're really good at knowing what is normal for us in our day-to-day structure, right? We know how we act in like a, or how we, our dips in energy and et cetera in our normal working day, our normal working week. I had another conversation with the client whereby we basically likened it to, to driving, right? I could drive around Dundee and not even really have to have to think about it. You know, the roundabout that's coming up, you know, the corner, you know, how fast you should be going, blah, 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 blah. Like I can drive in Dundee and not really, really, really have to think about it. However, if you put me in a car in a different country on another side of the road, in an automatic, for example, in a different setup, the principle of driving is exactly the same, but because I'm doing it out of context, I have to think about it to a greater extent. I have to pay attention. I have to be mindful. Yes, you know, how you accelerate and how you, you know, drive is the same. But in a different context, I'm more aware. And hunger, food, your body is is similar. So taking it out of a different routine, you might find that you just have to pay attention a little bit more. And that's not a bad thing. That really, really, really is not a bad thing. So you're going to learn more about yourself. So where is i going with this okay after after you've been away this is going to be sound a little bit boring but i think it's worth considering be prepared for coming back so this is probably more applicable if you're away for a shorter break so like something like a long weekend where you don't potentially want being away friday saturday sunday and letting your hair down a little bit to drag into the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of, of the week you're back. You don't want three days of a trip to turn into a week, basically being quite off piste. I would recommend that you prepare for coming back, like stock up the freezer of goodness, get some food in the cupboards, you know, make sure you've got milk, etc. Like all these things, just make sure that it's as seamless as you possibly can for coming back so that, you know, you don't end up being like, okay, well, I had a few days. I'm also just going to take this week off of, sticking to my targets and going to the gym, probably not conducive to to longer term success. And also it's it's harder to get back into something the longer you leave it. So I'd probably recommend that you that you be prepared. Another one, do yourself a massive favour and don't weigh yourself. Do not step on a set of scales when you get back. I would go as far as to say don't step on a set of scales for a while, a week after you've come back, be realistic. If you've been on a flight, if you've been drinking alcohol, eating different foods, all of these things, you are going to be holding a little bit more water. You might have put on a little bit of body fat. These things are okay The water in particular, the water retention, that is temporary, okay? When you return to your normal patterns of eating, you're exercising a little bit more regularly, things will tend to settle back into the norm. Particularly if you're someone who's been following, you know, positive dieting practices for a while, a week off, quote unquote off, is not gonna completely derail progress. And you'll probably find that things settle down into your normal equilibrium quite quickly. But do yourself a massive favor and don't set on a step on a set of scales. It is depressing enough to come back from holiday. Seeing a number that you don't like is not going to help that. And like I say, I would leave it a little bit of time. Why do you need to wear yourself? Realistically, why do you need to know how much quote unquote weight you put on when you're on holiday? You don't. And like I say, it's depressing enough. Don't do that. So don't weigh yourself. Leave it a little while and work instead on the process goals of getting your practices back up to where they were prior to to going away. Do you want my honest advice as well? Book something else if you're in a position to do it. Book something else, something to look forward to. It doesn't necessarily have to be another holiday, but I would get something in the diary even if it's just like a meet up with a friend or just something else for you to get your teeth into so that coming back doesn't feel like a total crash back to reality like that's definitely going to be in the cards for me for sure is that I'm going to make a point of having the next sort of milestone to to, actually it's already booked what I'm talking about it is already booked and I'm very very excited about it but I would highly recommend that that's going to be the kind of silver lining actually is that I can then focus I've got x amount of time between the next thing to look forward to and I'm going to work my absolute ass off in every sense to for this next thing and the other thing that I would say is try I like this principle for everything actually try and reframe it and what did you learn what did you learn while you're away that you could bring potentially back into real life I talked about this in the opening to this podcast there's lots of things that being here has opened my eyes to practices that I want to bring home and do the same thing even if it was like oh well maybe I don't need 10 pina coladas. And this is not me, but you know, if you have been drinking pina coladas for the last two weeks and it actually in the long run hasn't made you feel that great, maybe that's something you can learn from. But whatever it is, try and learn from your trip and bring potentially some good practices into, into your, your normal your normal week. So that's my advice for after. So what is the perfect scenario for someone going away on a trip? For me, it really is this perfect balance between, and you know, when you need it, you know, when you really, really feel like oh, I need a change of scenery. And sometimes it can be really, really stressful preparing for a holiday, but when you feel like you are, you need the break, you're excited for it. It's really, really been a, a focus for you for the last little while. That's like a, a good indication of, you know, go away, enjoy it. But actually, my perfect scenario or the perfect line a client will put in a check in after a break is that they had an amazing time, but they're really, really pleased to be back in their normal structure. They had a rest. They spent time with their family, their other half. They saw some new places. They had some new experiences. They ate different food, but they're happy to be home. They feel well rested and they're ready to push forward. That is almost like the perfect line that I could read in a check in because it means like, I've got the best of them. They're well rested and now whew, we're ready to power through to like the next goal. So there's that, there's getting the best of relaxation of chill time, but equally coming back fueled. There's also the, the perfect scenario for me would be a, and this is a lot easier to talk about visually in form of a graph when I was doing this with a client. I might put this in the Facebook group actually, but if you imagine, working really, really hard in the lead up to to a break. So if you imagine a graph, there's like a, a big drop down to get to a kind of goal body weight. And then finding that while you're away, you press the, the fuck it button and then that weight, that scale weight jumps all the way up to where you were when you started, if not beyond. And then you come back, you get a fright and then you have to diet again, 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 to try and drop down again. That roller coaster is quite emotionally draining. And I would love a scenario whereby a client felt like they didn't need to overly restrict in the run up to the break. They didn't go absolutely mad during the break. And then they didn't feel the need to then get on this guilt cycle and then restrict afterwards. Why not just find a little bit more balance between each of those extremes so that you don't have to be that extreme? That would be my perfect case scenario is that there isn't like that turmoil and there isn't that emotional oh my goodness, I really, really messed this up and I'm going to have to diet before my holiday because I didn't give myself enough time. And then I'm going to have to diet after my holiday because I've put on all this weight. Like, that's a horrible, horrible cycle to be in. So I'd like someone to avoid that as much as possible. Um, And yeah, like I say, my perfect scenario would be that principles learned at home could be applied while away, the driving the car analogy. And I put up a post today, actually, and... don't normally put a post like this but I did and this has been the first time where I personally have not purposefully dieted for a break I've not purposefully dieted for you know a bikini and the reason was fairly simple in that CWC bridal launched right at the end of January so that was quite busy in the in the lead up to that and getting that started there were bridal exhibitions There was streamlining of a couple of systems to bring new clients on board. And I actually didn't, in that post, I was going to write, I didn't have the time to do the extra cardio, et cetera. Do you know what? I did have the time. Everyone has the time. I didn't make the time because it wasn't a priority, because these other work-related goals were the priority. But the point was was that this was the first time that I haven't, dieted down and it's slightly different because it wasn't a quote-unquote holiday like when I am going away on a holiday a real holiday would I do a little bit more work in the lead up to it yeah probably I would never say that I wouldn't do a little bit of a tidy up whether that be but you know what I wouldn't do something excessive I would do like a four six eight week max little bit of a tidy up in the lead up to that and I'm calling it that purposefully it's not cut it's not prep it would just be a little bit of a tidy up because actually this has been the first time I and COVID's probably helped like not really been away god the last time I was away was in Vancouver it would have been in Canada but COVID has probably helped this actually so there has been a little bit of time but this has probably been the best approach that I've had purely because the habits have been in place for so long. It's never been a drastic change. It wouldn't have been a drastic change. All I would have done was, yeah, a little bit more cardio, maybe cut down calories marginally, but I wouldn't have tracked it. I would have just done it in, maybe omitted a couple of things here, there and everywhere throughout the week. But it's just been the first time where I have not been driven by uh, a pressure An external pressure or internal. I haven't felt the need to blitz my body. I haven't felt the need to be damaging or detrimental to myself. I haven't felt the need to do anything stupid. And I am not gonna lie, it's been the best possible and maybe it's an age thing as well like I turned 30 in January and maybe you do just get I'm sure you just get a little bit more accepting about how your body looks and how you feel as a person and what's important to you and you know without going too deep into that like I do think it's something that does click with age of course it does but I will just say that this has been the most comfortable I have ever felt and it probably shows as well, to be honest, but this is probably being the most comfortable I have ever felt wearing less, <laughs> but equally not being in the quote unquote best shape of my life. Like I also put up a post the other day, it was a kind of five year transformation and there's, there's 10 kilos, if not 12 kilos difference between those two photos. And I wouldn't change places with that girl. I really, really, really wouldn't. You know, she might be 12 kilos lighter, but I think she's also 12 times less wise. <laughs> I'm not saying that I am, but I'm saying I've probably learned a little bit more since then, definitely learned a little bit more since then. And I actually wouldn't change that for anything. So, you know, is this always work in progress? Yes. Am I saying that you need to diet for a break? No. Am I saying I would support it if you wanted to? Yes. So like I do with everything. I'm sitting on the fence. It's very, very applicable to you. And you have that control, but don't feel that you need to. Don't feel that you need to blitz your body. Don't feel that you need to punish it. Don't feel that you need to drive it into the ground so that you deserve a break. That's not pleasant for anyone. It's not pleasant for me to watch as a coach. It's not pleasant for you to experience as a client. And actually I wouldn't probably wouldn't let anyone of my clients do that if it was that detrimental to them and they didn't have a great starting point. So On that note, if you're interested in coaching, I have spaces at the moment for one-to-one clients. If you're interested in, if you're interested in getting married, if you are getting married, I have CWC Bridal, our group coaching for the lovely ladies getting married this year. Those dates are coming around very, very, very quickly. We've got our first ones in the next couple of weeks and then we're spanning all the way through till October so if you have a date this year or next definitely consider that and if you just want something to get up and running you kind of want to dip your toe in the pool of coaching or you're fairly advanced and you just want a program to follow you can sign up for Powerful which is four weeks you will get access to the CWC app, the Facebook group, all the good bits, recipes, all of it, and that'll come straight to your phone, and you can walk yourself through that for four weeks. The links to all of this are best found in my Instagram bio, so if you hit the link in my bio, there are links to Become a Client application, CWC Bridal, and Powerful can all be found there. Anyway, I would be really interested to... Know if you've got any questions or comments on this podcast. I would love to know if you have a holiday booked. And I would love to know if you have a holiday booked but you don't have a coach. I might be the one for you based on all of this. Um anyway, have a wonderful time. I might catch up with you next in the UK. Who knows? Um adios for the time being. Oh, I always forget. If you did like this, you've got to this point, screenshot and share. You'd be absolutely wonderful. I can see how many people have watched the podcast. In the span of a week um, and if you are one of those numbers please share i would very much appreciate it it helps grow our our little platform so thank you very much and have a wonderful rest of your week